Welcome to the Generation Arrow podcast. Generation Arrow provides wisdom and instruction for raising children to fulfill their God-given purpose. And now here's our host, author, teacher, and leader mom, Keely Schaefer. Well, hey there, family. Welcome to episode 25 of the Generation Arrow podcast. Wow, 25 shows and tons of downloads from you all. It's been almost a year since my first episode went live, and I look back and I see how God has ordered my steps to discuss various topics with some incredible guests, and I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for everyone who has supported me, who has cheered me on from day one. It's helped me so much. But one thing I've come to realize when you step out and you do something that the Lord's directed you to do is sometimes it can feel a little lonely. Yeah, believe it or not, I get lonely sometimes doing all of this um, because when I'm writing uh, the podcast, when I'm developing curriculum, when I'm creating content for social media, it's just me, myself, and I. And it can be a challenge sometimes to get motivated when you've got 101 things pressing in on you to do. But what always gets me back on track is I remind myself of my why. And my why is you. Every word, every prayer, every ounce of effort, it's for you. I've done a lot of things in my life, but the thing that I felt like I did the best at was being a mom. And God helped me, and he was so faithful. And now that my kids are all grown and young adults, and they love God, and they're thriving in their purpose, now it's my honor to help invest in you and your families. And I promise I'm going to share everything that God taught me And with the hearts that you have shown as parents by tuning in and and saying, hey, I am willing to learn and to grow, I know that you'll raise your kids to fulfill their God-given purpose. And so that's what it's all about for me. It's you, and that's what keeps me going. I've had today's topic on my heart for some time now. In fact, it's been a few years that this has been mulling around in my heart, And I believe what I have to say today is going to be vitally important for every parent who hears. In fact, when I was writing this podcast, some of the points that just left me staring at the wall for a while, it was almost like a Selah moment you read in the Bible, which means to pause and just ponder and think about this for a moment. So I hope that you have some of those same Selah moments today. We're going to be talking about last days parenting, and whether you believe it is the last days or not, I can assure you that we are one day closer to the return of Christ, uh, one day closer than we were yesterday, and we only have so much time here on earth. So for all of us, it really is our last days, and we've got to make it count. There are things we're going to talk about today that you simply must know when raising your children in these last days. In Matthew 24, 36 through 39, it talks about the last days and the coming of Jesus. 
and it says, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. So we see here in this passage what it's going to be like when Jesus returns. And it says, as it was in the days of Noah, that's how it's going to be. And it mentions people uh, carrying on, doing life, eating, drinking, marrying, getting engaged. And then suddenly everything's going to happen. And that's how Jesus is going to come. He's going to sweep in and come unexpectedly. But if we look back in Genesis, we can get a little more of a perspective on what was happening in Noah's time. In Genesis 6, 5, it says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Y'all, this is how bad it had gotten. There was so much wickedness that every thought, every inclination that man had was towards evil. Genesis 6, 11 through 12, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw, saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So the people were corrupt. That means everything they did was tainted. They were full of crime, uh, hatred, idolatry, fornication, adultery, sexual perversion. They committed evil openly without any fear of God. They acted in violence. Uh, they didn't think twice about lashing out in anger against someone. They actually found joy in harming somebody or killing them. Uh, they took pleasure in destroying other people's property. This was their norm. Their minds were hardened and they were callous to any type of empathy or care about anyone else. Their hearts, uh, they had grown cold and it was every man for himself back in the day of Noah. And it was all about what makes me happy, what feels good and natural to me. And if you try to stop me, you're going to pay. And maybe you're going to pay even with your life. It was a godless society who didn't even think of God. Uh, God was not included in their systems, their governments. He was written out of everything that pertained to society. So in the days of Noah, evil had developed into really its highest form. And really, doesn't some of this stuff sound a little bit too familiar about the world that we're living in now? But in Genesis 6, 6 through 7, we read that the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. He had sorrow in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have made from the land, man and animals, things that move upon the earth and birds of the sky, for I'm sorry that I've made them. It had gotten so bad that God was sorry he made man. When God throws up his hands and says, that's it, it ain't good. 
But not everybody had taken the bait of evil and corruption. In Genesis 6, 8 and 9, it says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. He was right with God. He was without blame in his time. Noah walked with God. And that caught God's attention. And he told Noah to build an ark and that when the floodwaters came and destroyed all life, his family was going to be saved. So although there was utter darkness, there was extreme corruption, there was an unfathomable sin, in the days of Noah, there was also something of great significance, and that was Noah's family. So in the days of Noah, God used a family. And do you know what he's going to use in these last days? Families. And that is why I believe that the devil is working so hard to dismantle the family. Homes, they're being torn apart. Parents aren't speaking to their adult kids. Kids aren't speaking to their parents. There's bitterness, offense. There's unforgiveness. There's abuse. Many people, they don't respect God's gift of children. They're aborting them because they don't fit into their plans. You've got people who don't know if they're a boy or a girl or, or both, or maybe they don't feel like either one. Um, we've got people who are deceived into thinking that relationships with the same sex are totally normal and fine. I mean, all we have to do is go back to the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, and you're going to see what God's intention of the family was. So all of these things are infiltrating uh, the heart of families, and it's, it's diffusing uh, its power. It's diluting it, and that's the enemy's tactic. But that doesn't have to be so with your family. And there are many lessons that we can learn from Noah on how to remain strong as a family in the last days. So one of the first things that come to mind is Noah's family was willing to look foolish. Can you imagine all of the laughs, the ridicule that that family endured? No, scholars believed it took anywhere from 100 to 120 years to build the ark. So you've got this family day in, day out, constructing this humongous boat for a flood that required rain. And the Bible says that before the flood, that the earth was watered from a light mist that came up from the earth. It was like this perfect greenhouse effect. It had never rained. It didn't rain. So people didn't even know what that was. They thought Noah was delusional. Uh, they thought he was a fanatic. But Noah and his family, they did not care. They knew their mission and they were not going to veer from it. And in these last days, we have to know our mission. I always say that if God gave you kids in this day and hour, that he must really trust you. I look at it like he's bringing out his special operations team. He saved his best for last And so this is your time. This is your hour. 
you better understand your assignment and you'd better get used to looking foolish. It's going to be very tough to stay invisible. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to be bold because there are lines right now that are being crossed that you can't keep quiet about anymore. Your kids need your direction. They need your guidance because the world is shouting out strong, ready to pull them in and ready to deceive them. But Noah, he embraced truth even when it wasn't popular. And there are things that you're going to have to do or say in the way that you raise your kids that won't be popular with many people. But if we're not careful, there's a progression that takes place in our hearts when we don't stand up for truth. First, we overlook evil. Then we permit it. Then we legalize it. Then we begin promoting it, and finally, we celebrate it. And that seems very hard to believe, doesn't it, that we could actually celebrate evil, but it happens, and I've seen it with my own eyes. I know you have too. I remember the story, it was about four years ago, I was watching Good Morning America, and there was an 11-year-old boy who came on, he was on uh, in drag, full out makeup, a wig, dress, high heels, women's jewelry, and he came down this catwalk that they had built, and to, he had this seductive stroll, there was music playing behind him, and he was met with thunderous applause from the audience. And in his interview, he talked about his love for makeup and drag. And then they had some adult drag queens come on with him. And they talked about how brave he was and what an inspiration that he was for all of us. And my heart just sank. Now, God loves that little boy and his parents I'm sure that in their hearts, they thought they were doing such a great thing, supporting him in this journey to look and act like a woman. But in their love for him, they neglected to see the real truth about him. He was being celebrated for this mindset. And to them, it was completely normal for him to want to be this way. And in the world's eyes, anything goes as long as it makes you happy. And it is going to be a very unpopular stance to take if you don't agree with that. Now, another thing that Noah's family did was they did not fear the future. They didn't fear the floods that were going to come. They knew the end of the story, and they knew that they were secure. And I hear so many people who say, I'm scared for my kids, Keely. They're they're having to deal with so much more than I've ever had to. When I was a kid, there's so much evil in the world. But one of our very favorite verses as a family is Isaiah 41.10. And it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And this is what God is saying to you, moms and dads. Fear not, for I'm with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. You don't have to lose courage. You don't have to feel stressed out. I've got you. 
Yes, the world is growing darker, but your family is growing brighter. God has you securely in the palm of his hand. I love what Proverbs 31.25 says about the Proverbs 31 kind of woman. And it says, she laughs without fear of the future. Now, I want you to get an image of this. She is literally rearing her head back. She is just laughing at the top of her lungs when she thinks about the future for her and her family because she's expecting great things. She's not fearful. She's hopeful. And that's how we should be. We have nothing to fear. God is on our side. Now, I had mentioned before that the ark took anywhere from 100 to 120 years to build. Think about that. Now, I've had some projects that have taken me some time to do, but 120 years? Come on, that is some sweat, that's some cuts, that's some bruises, that's some long days. That is some perseverance right there. And you know what Noah's family didn't do? Quit. They did not quit. They remained faithful with what God asked them to do. They were unified in their purpose. It took them 100 to 120 years to build that boat. But hey, they got it done, didn't they? Building the ark, it was a great cost to their family. But you know, it would have cost them so much more if they had not have built it. Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. In the last days, just like Noah, we can't get weary in doing good. We can't allow ourselves to shrink back and not stand for righteousness. We can't give into the lie that we're not making a difference. And I get that. Sometimes even with Generation Arrow, I hear those thoughts in my head. Ah, nobody cares what you have to say. You're not making a difference. Shut your mic off. Go take a nap, Keely. But no, I'm going to remain faithful. God's given me a blueprint to follow. He's given me a plan. And he's given you a plan to follow too when it comes to raising your kids. And I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how many conversations that you have to have, how many prayers you have to pray, how many balls of yarn you have to untangle. Just keep going. Don't lose patience, even though your faith is tested. In these last days, let it be said that your family remained faithful until the very end. In 2 Peter 2.5, it says that God protected Noah, who was a preacher of righteousness, and his family from the flood. Isn't that interesting that Noah was a preacher of righteousness? And you know what that tells me? He was warning people. He was proclaiming the goodness of God, not only in word, but in action. With every blow of that hammer, with every pounding of the nail, He was making a call for those people to repent. And in that season of sin and wickedness, Noah's heart was not hardened against the people. He still had compassion. He still was willing to love them in spite of their transgressions. And just knowing the nature of God like we do, I believe he would have been open to anyone who repented. But we see that nobody 
was willing to listen to what Noah was saying. So for 120 years, he listened to their snide remarks and watched the whole world around him just become a cesspool of evil. And he still lifted his voice saying, there's a better way. God loves you. He preached righteousness. He preached uh, God's goodness. And in these last days, it's, it's going to be easy to pick up some stones and make the first throw. But just like Noah's family, we must allow the compassion of God to flood our hearts. You know, there are things that may be obvious to us that people just aren't seeing. They're, they're blinded from the truth. And I know I've been there before. I, I, there was a time I shut God out of my life. I could have cared less about him. But someone showed me love. Someone believed in me. Someone showed me that I was valuable, not only to them, but to God. And I finally saw the truth and I opened up my heart to his love. And in these evil days, we have to remember that everyone was created by God. And as long as there is breath in their body, there is hope. There is hope that they will fulfill their purpose. There's hope that they'll accept the love that Jesus has for them. And like Noah, we too can be preachers of righteousness. The last thing I want to point out about Noah is that he took the lead to create an ark that ended up supernaturally protecting his family. In Hebrews eleven seven, in the uh, Passion Translation, it says, Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. And in these last days, God is saving families. Just like Noah, God wants household salvation. And how does that start? It starts with someone who is willing to take the lead, like Noah, to see their family not as how they are, but as they can be, to stand for Jesus in a world that mocks and despises him. I think about the jailer in Acts 16, 30 through 34. And he asked Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. So this jailer accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And it goes on to say that he and his family were all saved. They were all baptized. They all believed in God. So this jailer took the lead and his whole household followed him. So don't be afraid to take the lead. Champion Jesus and your family. Be willing to pray for your kids and your future grandkids and your future great-grandkids. Stand in the gap for them. Believe God for their salvation. Say, Lord, open their eyes to your truth. Let them grasp your love. Send labors to them. Send people who, who they'll listen to. And I believe my entire household shall be saved in Jesus' name. Will you do that? Will you stand in the gap for your family? So in these last days, remember to be willing to look foolish. Don't fear the future. Don't get weary and well-doing. Stay compassionate. 
and believe for household salvation. In the days of Noah, God used a family, and he wants to use yours now. God, touch every listener right now and ignite a boldness like they've never known before. Help every mom, help every dad to rise up in these last days and parent with the generations to come in mind. Equip them, strengthen them, and help them to build a lasting godly legacy in this time and hour. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've not followed me yet on my Generation Arrow Instagram and Facebook pages, I've left the links to those pages in my show notes. We need each other, and this is a great way to connect, to stay in touch. I look forward to meeting you. So until next time, be abundantly blessed, and may our arrows be mighty on the earth. We hope this podcast has enriched your life and given you some valuable resources on raising your children. For more information about Generation Arrow, visit our website at generationarrow.life. That's generationarrow.life. And may our arrows be mighty on the earth.